Okay, The Talking Book is a 501c3 nonprofit audio publisher of independent literature. We're in Asheville, North Carolina, and because we're a nonprofit, we depend on donations from our listeners and supporters of independent publishing. So if you want to get involved, go to thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. You can join our Patreon, uh, or you can come to Asheville and hang out with us, and we can record your book. We record books for authors and publishers. We'll make your audiobook. That's what we do. Hit us up. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for your support. Here's the show. Love ya. Hey, everybody. Chris Hartram here, the Talking Book Podcast, your favorite audiobook publisher and podcast about audiobook publishers. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts about audiobook publishers, and this is your favorite one. Um, I had a great conversation with a very nice man named Big Bruiser Dope Boy, and uh, he was really funny and nice and smart, and I've uh, never had the chance to talk to him uh, before. Um, I'm familiar with his work, and uh, I like his writing, and I like gay death trance. Um, the uh, the website that he uh, runs and edits now. Um, but we talked about um, his books, Your First Real Boyfriend, and other poems, and Foghorn Leghorn, and his new book coming out called After Denver. We talked about his uh, his uh, trip that um, I'm sure maybe it's happening as we speak or just finished uh, with Sam Pink, um, Them on the Road. But anyway, there was a little bit of a, of a lag, but uh, a good 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 human being. I like I like him a lot. And uh, I hope that you like him too and get his books. Get those books. Foghorn Leghorn, Your First Real Boyfriend and Other Poems. Big Bruiser Dope Boy coming at you. Hello? Hey, how's it going? This is Chris. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. I was actually nervous because I I fell asleep for a bit. <laughs> kind of like na- this kind of like nap hour for me, and so I woke up to the text, and then I looked at the time, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Did he try to call me, and I was asleep? It was perfect because you and I were both uh, nervous uh, about our timing because. It took me forever to uh, get my children out of the house because I was going to call you and record this. So I also was running behind and I was like, well, I hope he doesn't hate me now. It's already 430. No, no, no. I was uh, I I couldn't have. I was uh, I couldn't have hated you. You couldn't have even if you wanted to. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Apologies in advance if there's like some dogs noises. Yeah, no problem. I mean. You know, it should be minimal, though. I live kind of like in a busy area, and uh, I record when I talk to an author like yourself. I'll record ever at my place instead of where we make audio books where it's more quiet. So uh, there could be sirens over here. You might hear sirens. I could hear dogs. I was late. You were late. I feel like we're the same person. We're both. We're both here. That would that would be like pretty scary. Yeah, I guess so. Person. I guess that would be that wouldn't be good. Yeah. Where um, where are you right now? Uh, I'm outside of Edgerton. I'm not in. Currently, I'm not in like an incorporated 
Well, I mean, like technically, like like on on the signs, it, I would I'm in the town of Sumner, but like mailing address wise, I'm like Edgerton, which is about um, like 12 miles north of Janesville. Janesville, I don't know. See, now there's a now. Can, what is that? Sorry, there's a little alarm. Th- there's a, there's an alarm going off. It's not it's not one that I set. Let me just turn it off. <laughs> That's fine. Because I know the the person who said it's not. All right, there we go. So are you are you in uh, are you near to Denver? Am I am I off track there? Is that right? Oh no, I I, w- I was in Denver for like a year and a half. Gotcha. And I and I and I moved. Um, from Colorado to Wisconsin uh, about six weeks ago. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember that was the last place I had saw that you were, and I'm just generally bad at geography, so I was like, could those be places near Denver? Who's to say? No, they're they're not super close. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. That's that's farther. Um, so what what made you leave? What made you go there? Uh, like a like a number of reasons, but the main one. Is that um, is uh, to to be closer to my mom? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, tell me if I'm getting this right. Maybe I'll get this one right. You were you were from Boston, right? Is that right? Uh, originally, yeah, I was born in Boston. Gotcha. And I was there till I was about eight. Okay. So what what's like in a nutshell, kind of uh, Big Bruiser Dope Boys, like general, uh, general pass, like from place to place. Like where, where, where have you been? What, what led to this part? You, how did you get there? Oh, that's weird. Um, well, I mean, like, like that, like I didn't start like using that name until I want to say like 2016. Right. So, I mean, that's like, you know, like that's like where that begins, but like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm from, I was born on the East coast. I was in Massachusetts. So I was eight. And then I grew up in, in Texas and Austin from, yeah. from then on. <clears throat> so what, what, um, when, when did you start writing and writing poetry and getting involved in this, in the whole scene of, uh, you know, trying to make books and stuff like that? Uh, uh not until like I was 18 not until like after high school. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think I started to try to get published. Maybe early on I was sending stuff to places, but it was like, um, it's kind of like, you know, like when you first start out, you send it to places that you, that now you're like, why was I sending it like there? You know, like it, like, like they were going to like pull like an, like an 18 year old out of, out of slush. You know what I mean? It's right. it, like, it doesn't make any sense. Sure. It's like, you're just doing it to be like, well, yeah, I'm trying to like get in, you know, <laughs> yeah, to, uh, right. yeah. to, to, you know, like, you know, the New Yorker is gonna, they, they're like my, my sonnet is under the consideration is under consideration at the New Yorker. You're 18. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's like not, it's not real. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. Like that first, like that first, like three or four years of taking it pretty seriously. I, I, sending it out was sending stuff out was almost more like symbolic or something. 
Right. It was kind of like your training for the for when it was actually going to start, maybe. Yeah. I uh, I remember. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe that's because first, like like first off, you're kind of like, yeah, I want to get in all these places, but then that stuff kind of wears off because you very quickly realize, I mean, that shit lasts for like, not even like a year, you know, you realize like, Oh, well this probably isn't going to happen, you know? Right. So I have to figure out if I'm going to keep doing this, I have to figure out like, how, how can I do this just outside of publishing just to the, just doing it. Like I better be doing this, you know, for my own enjoyment number one because you know nobody gives a shit so right yeah and then i want to say like the first place that ever published a poem that i wrote was like that site word riot oh yeah yeah you remember that yeah i remember that yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like that's a lot of people's first yeah i remember like it was i was it was when i was like still trying to like meet up with like writers you know right who were like in the same area that i was and i was in austin and i met up with this writer and she was like and i told her she was like oh yeah i remember word riot it kind of hurt my feelings <laughs> that's funny wait so do, wait this word is word riot gone now because i i remember seeing that around i feel like they're, they're yeah pro- it's they're... like it's like go, it's like a dead link of like you go there and then some weird shit like pops up Oh yeah, I just That's not I just site. I just did it. It says uh, hotel hotels in Amsterdam, and then it's stuff in like um, in another language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I, I was talking about that with somebody else the other day. I was talking to a, uh, another writer, and uh, just that idea of like when, when you're 18 and you're like, okay, so I'm going to be a writer, and uh, so I'm just going to start sending stuff to the Paris Review and the New Yorker. That should be that. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's like how, like, that's how you do that. I didn't, I don't think I like, I think I probably knew deep down, but I mean, even like middle level, like even like, um, you know, all these like universities, journals that I, I couldn't have gotten into and, and, you know, but I was trying to get into them too. I, it, it was, it wasn't until like I was like 21 or 22 that I was like, well, it should probably just send it to places that I actually have a shot, you know? Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, the funniest thing is what I think you might've said this a second ago, but like eventually once you get down the line and you are ready to like send it to places that you do actually read or do actually give a shit about, you kind of raise. Yeah. It's like you're ready, but like you don't want to anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That it's different because you don't want it to send it to the Paris review or whatever. Like you're not. And then, yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of a mind fuck. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, well, like, because now it's like, well, I mean, how often do, do any of those, like, publications publish stuff that they found from, like, however many thousands every, every month are in their submittable? It's, like, crazy to think that. So that means that you have to, like, know somebody there or, you know, it, you know you're, you, you, you have to have an in, I think. Thing. I assume. I assume that's like gotta be agent. the way. You have to have an agent, or right. I, I don't. 
I don't even know. I don't even, I still don't really know how that shit works. I have, I have no idea. And surely there must be somebody that I know somehow that does know. And so maybe we can find out. It's got to be like that 99% uh, are, you know, shopped by agents. And then there's like this weird 0.07% glitch in the matrix where they grab something from the slush pile and they're like, holy shit, this is good. Like maybe, maybe that happens. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like just like a fantasy to me, right? It's like, yeah. like there's this guy who's there's this guy who just he's disgruntled and he's working there or whatever, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna look at the slush, <laughs> and then he, and, he, and then he finds like the one, right? He, <laughs> yeah, he, he finds the one. Like, yeah, like that's not. He finds the Neo in the slush pile, and he's like. He's like posturing yeah. around the office. He's like, oh, I took a chance and now this is it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm 36 now going on 37. So when I first started to try to submit things when I didn't know what I was doing and I still have no clue what I'm doing. Uh, I remember like, you know, putting shit in like a yellow envelope and putting stamps on it, writing the address and being like, well, this is going to find its way to the editor in chief of this esteemed situation. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I've. Oh, you know, there's one place that I'll still. I mean, I haven't sent them anything in like years, but you know, noon. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane, Diane Williams. I I sent I sent them like a couple things. Oh, that's awesome. I I yeah, I love Diane. I mean, Williams. I mean, that's all they. That's that's you. That's the only way that they accept. Apparently, at, apparently at noon, I heard this from my friend. Okay, tell they me. They read every single submission out loud to each other as a group. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. Uh, I wonder though if, like, if something's really dreadful, if they like give their give themselves. Per- I would think that they'd like look up after like reading the first paragraph or whatever, and they're like, "Oh boy." You know, and then they give themselves permission to like stop reading it if it's kind of a consensus. Like, this isn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like uh, you know they have a cool system where um, if if it's really bad, it can be playful. They're still going to give it a shot. Maybe they'll snicker, and there's a little bit of snickering, but it's okay because it's just playful. And then if it's really really bad, there's like a uh, you know a democratic consensus or whatever. And like if enough people raise their hand politely, then they stop reading. It could be something like that. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like maybe it's one of those. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but like maybe it's like one of those game shows, or you know, like talent game shows where it's like they have uh, the, they have buttons. Yeah, kind of like uh, yeah, The Voice or uh, or uh, um, yeah, is that where they're. Um, yeah, yeah, the, right. That's the one where their chairs. Yeah, because they spin it's all around. about the voice. It's all about what you hear. It's not about. It's not about what the person looks like. Right. Exactly. Don't know. Uh... So, which is like such a, <laughs> which is such a, a crazy like conceit because, you know, they have to get through like layers of filters of producers before they end up in front of the backs and only the ears of, you know, whatever, like whoever the famous 
Yeah, that's people. true. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. That's that's absolute bullshit then, because that clearly they're talking to totally. ten layers of producers and seeing them face to face before they go to the quote unquote yeah. anonymous judges. And if anything, they're picking the people, maybe even not with the best voices, but they're picking the people with the voices who are like their voices are the most incongruous, right? With exactly. Their appearances. Yeah, yeah, that makes so sense. So that you know they can film a celebrity like spinning around on the chair and be like, whoa, <laughs> this noise is coming out of this body. I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah. That's totally true. They're like, if it's a they have to pick the weird, like, you know, right. It's like, uh, I don't know. I kick, I, I don't want to get too detailed about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, I, don't, I, feel like I've, I almost you know made I mean? it. Yeah, like, no, I know. I almost made like, it. Yeah. You I, know, it's like some, it's like some classic, like blue eyed soul shit where they're like, whoa, this white person is singing this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Joss Stone or whatever. Right. And so by that very logic, <laughs> somebody who sings really well, but the voice matches the look too much, they might have less of a chance of getting in front of the judges. Yeah, there has to be a, a gap. Right. That's like, like incred, incredulity. It's got to be like, this doesn't make sense that this, <laughs> creature is whatever uh, whatever i don't know you know i'm talking about uh reality <laughs> yeah we reality went, singing competitions right now well we went from diane williams and noon uh to uh and submissions to uh the voice which really i mean well, I, I don't see much the of the link, difference the link though is kind of the same the link of like the 18 year old writer who is like sending poems to you know, the Paris review, that's like, you know, that's like somebody auditioning for American Idol or whatever. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I just thought too, that, uh, going back to the, um, to the, uh, to noon, we actually, one of the earlier books we ever recorded was fine, 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 fine by Diane Williams. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so there's a connection here. So we're coming full circle. Did she read it or did somebody else? She read it. Oh, shit. I I, I want to listen to that. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks or anything, but... You know, I have... I, I'd, be, that, I'd be interested to hear her read, read her work. Yeah, you know, what, what you just said is interesting. I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. The uh, all the authors that I always uh, end up kind of trying to work with, for the most part, you know, this is probably a blanket statement, but it's like the, almost all the authors that we tend to work with are always, they always will say, I don't really tend to listen to a lot of audio books, but it's like um, that, uh, that is the, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but that I feel like that comes up all the time. And I think it has something to do with like, um, not to go on a tangent, but like wanting more people who like these kinds of books who may be, or rather who listen to audio books, but don't read these kind of books or read these kind of books, but don't listen to audio books. There's something there. there there's some like little, uh, there's some little pocket to reach there. I think. Yeah. Is that a, is that a market niche? I get, yeah, that could be a market niche. Yeah. I should have said market niche. That's better than pocket. You, you're, well, you need to be my marketing officer from now on. You know, I actually, this is something I think I could be good at, but I never. I mean, if you could somehow create, you could get Talking Book to be more like the voice 
and uh, we could work together on that. There could be a show of some sort. Uh, we could come up with something, I'm sure. And it's like instead of, you know, instead of Gwen, Gwen Stefani and uh, the lead singer of Maroon Five, we can just pick cool writers, and you know, we'll see what happens. Dude, you know that would be actually. I'm just imagining that. I like. I'm finding it very funny. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Sam Pink spins so, around in a chair and he's like, he hey, hits a hey, button. Sorry, sorry, man. No uh, worries, no worries. I'm, I'm imagining like, like, um, it's like one of those shows, but it's all like, I don't know, it's like slam poets. <laughs> But the funny, the funny part about it is like the judges have the power to like, if they all hate it, just like make the person stop. <laughs> it's like the Diane Williams noon situation. They all raise their hand. They just stop. Gosh, that would be so fucking funny. <laughs> it only really works Somebody's though. In like the histrionics of their like spoken word. Oh my god, that's amazing. And like, and and it's just like. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be so it would be so funny to us and so mean to like I guess the kinds of writers or or I guess listeners or or poetry lovers who like slam poetry or what other there probably are other categories of or terms maybe that that goes by. They're like they're like if you win, you get a video on on the button poetry on YouTube. Yeah, that's the grand prize. They're gonna be a big star. <laughs> Right, like uh, you get you get one free poetry thing about like your mental illness or something. <laughs> oh, this is good. This so is good. I'd enter it, and then I'd get to, uh, you know, do like a spoken word poem about like like getting panic attacks, but like <laughs> like it, like during the poem, I like I like have to give myself a panic attack every time. Or else it's not a, not authentic. I have to give myself a panic attack to show the audience what it's like. Right, you got to show them performance art. Yeah, I'm not sh I'm not shitting on those people. I I just for everybody know, listening for everybody listening that does like that kind of stuff. We're just trying to come up with TV shows here. We're not shitting on you. We're just trying. Oh to wait, are you recording? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're recording. Yeah. Not, not, we're not live or anything. This isn't live. I mean, it should be live, but you know, for all our Twitch, <laughs> yeah. Twitch streamers. Yeah. This is a Twitch. This is on Twitch, Facebook live. It's on all the Twitches, all the different Twitches. But you know, afterwards, if you and I, if you and I bash or if we slam slam poets or whatever it's called too much, we can just like edit in, um, the sounds of kittens over that. So it could be fine. Whatever. Yeah, or it's just like a text-to-speech app. It's like, slam poetry is great. <laughs> if you are a slam poet, please go to thetalkingbook.org. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's like speaking about like slush and all that, though, I actually... Uh, so I was a fiction editor at, you know, Hobart? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for three years. And one of your stories, sir. Oh, really? Look I, at that. Uh, I, I published out of... Uh, but it's like, it's different when it's it's that level of um, publication because it's like, 
you know, slush is how I would get everything. So it's not really slush. Still, still, I didn't know that. And the fact that you are just telling me this now live on Twitch, uh, that's actually amazing. I thank you. Which one was it? I think I've had like three things on there maybe in the past. It, I, you know, I actually don't remember the title, but the picture, it was like blue. It seemed like a screenshot from a movie. It was okay. It was probably a screenshot from maybe like the, uh, the Japanese. I think it's called the name of the, the story is called the name of the, the, the screenshot. I think rock gets to know heavy. It's like a Japanese weird title. Yep. That, that, that was you it. published that. That's yes, amazing. I did. Wow. See, I don't. I only know you by your your. I guess you could call it your pen name, Big Bruiser Dope Boy. So I didn't know that that was the same person. There was like this anonymous thing. Yeah, bro. Been doing this for a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I, uh, that's probably one of the best reveals we've ever had on the show. We don't generally have reveals. I feel like that's a reveal. It's a reveal. It is a reveal. <laughs> It's a, that was a clever ruse. Wow. Well, I guess I owe you my life, and uh, you know, you uh, you're you're you're, no. ma- you're helping to make this happen for me. And now, um, wow, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. That's very kind of you to to take take a moment to 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 like that story. Wow. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that you know that that was a that was fun to do at. at so for, you, uh, you were, it's fun to like go through like 300, like a month's worth of submissions and like find stuff that, uh, you like. And wow. such that's, that's so fascinating. Yeah. I've, um, you know, I do that. I do that for the talking book, but, uh, you know, I've never done it for something maybe as popular. I would imagine as Hobart Hobart's pretty popular, to, uh, relatively, you know, um, what would, uh, you did that for three years. Was that, how was that? Was that exhausting? I feel like, you know, I mean, maybe this is like shady, but I mean, like they're like one of these things that, God, this is going to seem like shitty, but like, <laughs> just go ahead, go with they, it. You know, they kind of like, I feel like they, they, they seem popular. Like I could see like, that. Yeah. You know, because they, they, they publish like every day. Like, I mean, like, look, like, no, like, no hate, but like, <laughs> but like I stopped doing it. Right. First of all, just cause I did, felt like I didn't have the time to do it anymore. And it would like fill me with dread that I had to like go through like 300 things. But, Oh, I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh, they, 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 uh, the nap. But they, uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, like going through 300 and you got to pick like eight to 10 things so that it felt like it was about like filling up slots in a calendar. Right. Got you. I see what you mean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In a way, in and a way like, you're in a way you're like, that's a lot of submissions to find a good one. So in a way. Maybe the good one is a good one, but in another way, even if you don't find a good one, like maybe the you day, gotta find something. you gotta find something. And that day, there yeah. was pro- there probably wasn't a good one, so the something was my story. But I'm just glad I got a slot. That's what I'm talking about. Just want that slot. No man, <laughs> no, but that's yours a- wasn't. I was just trying to meet like quota or anything. It was <laughs> it was good. No, but I, that's so interesting because you know I would I, I would I would always publish like less than than they wanted you to 
I think so. Like, uh, like every month, it was only like six to eight that I would do for my month. So I how- figured they could always just pad it with something about baseball. <laughs> That's funny, yeah, because they do stuff about baseball because Aaron Birch <laughs> loves baseball, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. The you're crack like, of the bat. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you know, you're telling us kind of how the sausage is made and everything. And it makes me think like, A, that's that makes sense, I guess. Uh, and also makes me think like I'm a terrible publisher because I'll only publish something when I like find something. A, I'm we're the talking book. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't get half as many submissions as Hobart does. But B, I'm like lazy and C, I'll only publish something when I really like it. And then uh, but also it makes I don't me- think that's lazy, though. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I feel like it makes that's it just <laughs> discerning. I guess like, why do people like create that pressure for themselves of like, we got to have something every day. Like you, you actually don't. Yeah. What would happen? What, what would be the downside if there wasn't something coming? I guess they're thinking marketing wise. Since you're, you're just like not constantly like battering social media with like, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that kind of erodes people's attention right it kind of yeah it, it kind of saturates everything and i'm just like you oh. i mean like i don't know you were like, like i got i, I gotta I read 27 short now, stories and, like, in a day. and i'm doing what you're doing which is like gay death trance and the way that i think about it is like you want when something gets posted on the site you want that to be like like special or something you know yeah yeah, I like, think I don't post anything on the site that I wouldn't want to see, like in a print anthology, in an eventual like print anthology. I mean, I think that uh, you know, and again, no hate at all uh, on anybody else who does it different, but I guess no, 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 no hate, no yeah, shade. no hate, all t, no shade. Yeah, no hate in the A two A, just love. But I feel like you know, maybe gay, gay death trance, and uh, you know, that kind of reminds me of like when I go through that, there's kind of like, uh, you know, like there's like, I don't know, like maybe like a tyrant magazine kind of feel where I, I, I mean, maybe a little more discerning, even just like the layout and, and, uh, and I feel like, yeah, I mean, well, like tyrant, like it's because it's one person and one person right. can only do so much. And I kind of think that's how to do it. Yeah. And does anybody work with you on gay death trans? Is it kind of like talking book or, or is it like, it's just, no, nobody it's it's just me. The the site design Some, is somebody amazing. uh somebody helped me like design the site. Right. Uh Giacomo. But you know I I am in control of like that email. You're the one. Yeah, you gotta go through me. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like the I'm the henchman and the mafioso. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I mean, for anybody uh, listening uh, to this episode right now, uh, uh, not now, but eventually, gaydeathtrance.net, this site is tight, and this shit is real here. You need to come over here. Dot net, baby. I'm telling you, straight net. None of that dot com, none of that dot org. Nothing but net. I got... Nothing. See, I had to I had to go org because uh, talking books a nonprofit. So I was told, yeah, nonprofit. You, know, you can only go do org. that if you're a nonprofit. Yeah, right? I, I had to go org. So I'm an org whore. I really am. I have to go for the org. But like that's like an esteemed, uh, 
what do you call what do you call it? It's like the suffix of a uh, URL. What do you call that? The dot whatever. I mean, uh, it's not a domain. What is that? Uh, it's uh It's like a part of a domain, but it's not. It's, uh, it's like the uh, appendage. It's uh, it is called a. I can't remember. I don't know. Someone tell us. Reach out to us on Twitch right now. Uh, I was gonna see. I was like. I guess I mean, website I suffix, arrived right? at that domain because it was like one of the cheapest, like like it was like cheaper, like .net was one of the cheaper ones. But I was really, I think there's a, there, there's like a lot of them now, like .dot things. But I wanted it to be .dot dad, but I didn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> no, that would be good. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just a website suffix, unless there's a more fancy name for it. Um, but similar similar story. I mean, the first time I tried to make the talking book like five years ago or so I tried to get the talking book.com, but it was like a $50 million. And so, um, I guess someone's just holding on to that. And then at the time, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking book, that sounds like a Stevie wonder. It is. Yeah, like exactly. Book, right? I know. And the, the only reason my dumbass came up uh, with that name was because it's a long story, but I mean, that was just what uh, audiobooks used to be called. And I went on like a tirade one night kind of drunk. And I was like, when we were trying to do it and I was like, audiobook is so stupid that's the stupidest name ever why isn't it called talking book still i think that name's awesome and then i just ended up calling it the talking book but noise noise text yeah noise text would have been good but i (laughs) you know i screwed myself on the like seo because there's a million talking book things because of that stevie wonder album well well is it actually called talking book i think so we're the talking book but stevie wonder i think is talking book yeah that's the album. Oh shit! For yeah. some reason, I thought it was picture book, but it's talking book. It's straight. It's, actually... it's straight up talking book. It's the fi- his fifteenth album. Yeah. Every, oh shit! You know, luckily because uh, we I threw the the on there. Not not you know maybe a year or two ago, it helped uh, discern in the in the uh, you know was someone who might be some poor soul who's looking for us that it was easier to find. I guess. Yeah. But gay death trance, nobody's gonna mistake that. That's really unique. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, three words that I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if um, if anybody else has ever. I think maybe, maybe, maybe like some club, maybe some club kids in the nineties like in D- New York, DJ Gay Death Trance. They're like, oh, like. They're probably, you know, like somebody took too much ketamine and they were like, oh, honey, she's in the K-hole. She's in a gay death train. <laughs> it actually does sound exactly like like something from Party Monster or something like that. It does sound like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Well, actually, I mean, when uh, Michael Alec decided to chop that person up, Angel. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Alec arguably was in a gay death trance. Interesting, interesting. That would be a cool. But it's not the same. It's not. That's not the gay death trance you're talking about when you talk about gay death trance. But he no, could... right? Interesting, huh? So speaking of speaking of titles, what um? Because I only kind of saw it from the periphery. What was the reason that uh the foghorn Lankhorn, How did that go about with the the title change on that? Well, it got pulled off Amazon, or it didn't even get like pulled off. It got 
like barred from even like going up on on the American. Did you know that there's Amazons for different countries? I I only knew that because when we put out audio books and I have to do like contracts with like Audible and iTunes, we have to do like more of the sausage is made, but we, I have to do separate like agreements about like the UK, like if people can get it in the UK and I, I try to just make it go everywhere, but sometimes psychotic agents are like, no, we sold those rights to somebody else a long time ago. So I, I do know the short answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can get Foghorn Leghorn on like, Amazon UK and like Japan and Australia and shit like that. Oh, but cool. Yeah, I think it was the uh, it was like the title. How the title is the name of a copyrighted character. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Man, that sucks though. I mean, it's too bad you can just get like. Uh, I mean, I guess. Well, how do you feel about it? Do you mind? Do you mind the change, or it does suck, or it doesn't suck? How do you feel about it? Well, at first I was like, this is shitty because yeah. that's a, you know, that's accessibility and like sales. Right. Of course. And then, so it like, you know, it's like I had the identity of my first book, like cleaved in half. Yeah. Yeah. That is tough. But I, it's I not, imagine. but so that's why I like, I like put new stuff in it. So it's actually, it is two different books, even though that they're mostly the same. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like like two or three like poems that weren't in the first one and the second one. And I, and I took some of the things out from the first one. It's kind of actually badass that that happened from a, from a point of view of uh, not me being the author and having the identity cleaved, of course, but like in 20 years, it'll be like way harder to get the first iteration and it'll be like this collector's item or something. It seems like it, it could be a cool little angle. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think someday I'll probably just like combine them in one yeah that'd be cool what uh, what what's going on so so you got that and uh that came out with clash books of course and uh what 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 have you been working on recently um the my next my next book's coming out this year in october i'm pretty sure um do you know uh, 1111 press. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's coming out through them. Is it, uh, what is it? Is it poems as well? Or is it fiction? Both. Oh shit. There's a, there's a poem section and then there's a prose section. That's awesome. How long have you been working on it? Um, like there's, there's a, there's a section in there of, uh, fiction that was, uh, probably from about like three or four years ago. Yeah. And then, oh, sorry. One sec. I gotta, I gotta grab something. One yeah. Sec. No worries. Take your time, man. Um, there's, a. There's a there's a section in there that's uh it's called slab. And that's uh from like 3 or 4 years ago. And then there's another one there from there's a poem in there from about 
um, I don't I don't know, like a year ago, and then everything else in there, um, I did in like I wrote like over half the book in like three weeks, oh, that's which is not. I mean, I mean, that's not like something that I've done before. Like the first book was like poems that I pulled like basically like 10 years of work. So this was different. And it's not like, I feel like people, when you tell them that they think that you're on some like brag shit, you know, like <laughs> I wrote this in, you know, three weeks, but it's not, that's not how it is. I'm not like doing that. I'm not like like acting like I'm like fucking like Kerouac or whatever. Right, like yeah. I wrote I wrote it in one like fit of inspiration <laughs> on one or long, whatever. Long, one long sheet of paper just on on ketamine in a gay death trance just writing nonstop. Yeah, I, but I mean I mean that that's just really what happened. So I mean, uh, generally, would you say then generally, uh, you know? Do you does it, are you someone that takes a long time to to work on something usually? So this is just like a weird occurrence, or is it happening more? No, recently? it just depends. I think I think it depends. Right. Um. Like for instance, like there's the slab part of that book, and some of those took a really long time to write. Just because I think that's the style that those are written in that was more um like involved on a like language and sentence level and then there's other stuff in there that was like the longest thing in there is like a 4200 word short story that i wrote in like one sitting which is like the last thing in the book it just it just depends i think on what you're working on. Right. Yeah. I guess, I guess some people have like, some people tend to think maybe that writers have like uh one or the other, or they're either like this or like that. But that's actually refreshing to hear that you're just like, well, it just completely depends on what I'm working on. That seems like a more realistic answer. Yeah. Like some of that shit was like working for like, an hour or two like on a few like a sentence or a few sentences and then the other shit is like you know which isn't to say that the sentences are less for one than the other but that, i don't know it's hard to say but i know exactly what you mean yeah it's like uh yeah, maybe you work on one sentence for three hours, but it's just okay, and this other one flies out of you in two seconds or maybe three days. Maybe it's better, but maybe who knows if it's better. It's it's impossible to say. I feel you. Yeah. So you're going to uh, you're going to Minneapolis. What, give it. Can you give me some info, people? Maybe you know if if I can get this out before you go to Minneapolis. Probably not because it's happening like tomorrow. But what's going on there? Oh, so yeah. Uh... Uh, Sam Pink and I are going to read together at a bookstore. It's called Moon Harbor Books. Good name. Or is it Moon Palace? 
I keep on thinking it's one or the other, and, and it is one or the other, but I don't. I feel like Moon Palace sounds familiar of things I've seen online of, of a reading I think that you're doing with Sam. It could be that. I'm maybe not... it's maybe it's actually Moon Palace. Moon Harbor might be a, a restaurant. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Maybe we're... that was a restaurant where I used to live. I don't know. <laughs> but that's cool. So Moon Palace. Uh, Moon... Yeah, that's on Friday. Okay. And because he had his like first three poetry books uh, reissued as one book. Oh yeah, like early eleven eleven press. Oh cool. And they're like hosting the reading and it turns out they're gonna publish my next book. So it's just kinda but I already agreed to do the event like before before that, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I, I saw stuff about that. I haven't seen it yet, but early early stuff, right? By Sam Pink. Yeah, yeah. It's sh- it should be good. And like yeah, like I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's like a little road trip. Uh, like like he like it's it's good because like where I'm at is like right off the interstate. That's from where he's at, like right on the way. So like he's just gonna stop here for like lunch. I'm gonna have some like sandwiches ready. It's supposed to snow too. I'm a little. I'm well. You know, I've driven in the snow. It's fine, but it's... I don't think it's going to be like a crazy like whiteout blizzard or anything. It could turn into like a trains, planes, and automobiles situation with you and Sam Pink. Yeah. I'm wondering who John Candy is in that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, Sam, uh, I think we're both a little John Candy. Both a little John Candy. And Steve Martin. I could see that, yeah. He, uh, he actually slept... Uh, Sam Pink came over and uh, he stayed with us here for a night and slept in my, in my son's bed. My son wasn't there, but, um, that would have probably been cute too. Oh, but, thank um, God. But you know, but I'm sure that would have been cute. You know, they could have, could have snugged. You never know. But, uh, but uh, yeah, Sam's, he's great. He, you should, you should come here and come here and stay and hang out and record something too sometime. Yeah. I think in October we, I mean, I don't want to like speak too soon, but it seems to be, like congealing that he and I are gonna in in October, like when my book's coming out, hit the road. We're gonna do like a. I don't want to like like jinx it though. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, we have like we have like something like planned for for us in October that would be like if we can actually pull it off, it would be super fucking sick. So. We might be like around, you know what I mean? That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe make something happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, combining forces. That would be a great double whammy. I would take that double whammy. Oh, like, dude, I've known this motherfucker for so long, and it's like we're just now going to read together for the first time. <laughs> yeah. It's That's but great. like we have like we have like we're gonna have a whole like repertoire and shit. Like not just us reading our work, but like like doing stuff together that's like not our own some of it maybe, but other shit just like maybe like like in Minneapolis we're gonna read a scene from that movie Jingle All the Way. <laughs> that's great. Oh, I would love that. Have you seen that? Oh, have I seen it? 
Of course I've seen Jingle Good, okay, Allboy. you know. I know everything about the movie. I, I wanted a Turbo Man doll. I've got kids who watch that movie. My, my, my son asked me for No shit. Yeah, my son Dude, asked me for a Turbo Man that's doll. That's like one of the... I mean, it's... I guess it's a bad movie or whatever, but... I... I still... I still uh, love that movie. I'm probably... And uh, we're going to do the scene where... <laughs> Do you remember where like they're both kind of like down, and the, they the, like they like run into each other in the diner? In the, yeah, I was gonna say in the coffee shop, and then the radio station. They have a big fight to see who yep, gets to the radio we're station gonna do, first. Yeah, we're gonna do that scene together. So is Sam Sinbad, and you're Arnold Schwarzenegger? Absolutely, he is Sinbad. Of course, I called that immediately. Absolutely. Of course, people, if you haven't seen Jingle All the Way. Or you haven't read anything by Sam Pinker, Big Bruiser, Dope Boy. You don't know who Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sinbad is. Get on it right now. No joke. This is not. This is not a joke. Yeah, and isn't the kid in that the kid who became like, Anakin the Star Skywalker? Wars kid? He became Anakin Skywalker, Jamie. Man, he really went downhill. <laughs> I can't believe after Jingle All the Way, dude. I see. I'm one of those people uh, that you know, let, very similar to Jingle All the Way. I love at the insanity of Episode One. The same, the same way. I feel like it's the same. I feel like it's the same film. I love them both. Yeah. Oh man. What if you just? I kind of want to watch that. I feel like I should see if I can find that somewhere. Like tonight. What episode one or Jingle All the Way? Oh no, not no, not Star Wars. <laughs> you but... <laughs> Jingle All the Way. You got to get prepped. No, yeah, I want to see Jim Belushi as like the crooked, a, like crime lord. Yeah, in like the Santa underworld. It's funny that you, dude. That that shit was so crazy. He shows up and it's like a warehouse, <laughs> and they're making like knockoff toys. Yeah, but they're all. Like, they're all, I guess, like, mall Santas, but they're all still working. They're all still dressed like Santa for no reason. Yeah, it's they're, they're clearly, like, on break. Maybe it's because it's, like, to protect one another's anonymity. I think it's that. I think it's, like, superheroes with masks. And I also think that the way they got connected was through some kind of, like... Uh, you know, mall Santa web and they're all kind of on breaks and they're probably all about to go back to work soon to, to do a, a, to do a, um, you know, a schedule, a shift. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we have that going. Phil Hartman in that movie. Yeah. Phil, yeah. Phil Hartman, an absolute legend. He's like sleeping with all of the mothers on the block, tries to sleep with Schwarzenegger's wife. Oh, he's a skis ball. He's not having it. Schwarzenegger's not having it. Dude, that's like worse than like fucking a guy's wife. To eat, to eat her cookies over the phone to him. <laughs> yeah, and he also tries to put the the star up on the tree as well. He's just stepping over every line. Possible. I mean, that's like not to like use like an overused like internet term, but that like that's like like Christmas tree star cucking. <laughs> it is. It's like star cucking. It really is. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, that's good. But he's like eating those cookies. He's like, oh, these cookies are so incredible. That's actually a good impression. You could maybe. Yeah, and maybe, then Arnold's like, put that cookie down. Put the cookie now! down. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, you're you're. I, I can already tell that the the performance that you and Sam Pink are going to do of Jingle All the Way is going to be top notch with impressions. Yeah, but we're not going to do. Like he's not going to do Sinbad, and I'm not going to do Arnold. You're just going to read it like it's a very emotional right. scene, a real scene, yeah. Yeah, because he's talking. Because Sinbad in that scene is talking about like 
how his dad never loved him because his dad never gave him like the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's amazing. Good old Sid. And it's, it's Minneapolis though. Like that's where the movie. Oh shit. I didn't even put that two, two together. Yeah. Okay. It's in honor of our, um, in honor of the twin. I bet, you know, the people of Minneapolis are going to eat that right up then. Well, they won't have a choice. <laughs> They're going to have to eat it up. Oh, that's great. Well, um, I guess uh, I think now that we we did the jingle all the way bits and uh, and we got that out of the way, I just want to I want to say thank you one more time before I forget for uh, publishing that story a long time ago. That was great of you. Oh, yeah, that was fun. It was fun to work on. Let's... I tried to I tried to enjoy myself doing that. Because, oh, good. Yeah. And you had no idea that one day you and I would be talking to each other, sharing our love of Jingle All the Way before you went to Minneapolis to do a scene from Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Wait, isn't the actor who plays Arnold's wife in that movie isn't he married? To, isn't she married to uh, Tom Hanks? That's right, Tom Hanks' wife in real life. I forgot about that until you just said it. Yeah. I don't know. That just occurred to me. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think I'm, I, I'm, I have a very strict rule that I can't watch uh, Christmas movies outside of the Christmas season to make them all the sweeter. But, um, but I can't wait to see it again. They, yeah, they don't really feel the same. They don't have the same magic. They don't have that same connection to, uh, to when, it, when they first came out when we watched them as little children. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Number one Christmas movie. For me, if I'm going to go like a Christmas like adjacent film, I'm going to go uh, Whit Stillman's Metropolitan, uh, if I'm going to be hoity-toity about it. And then if I'm going to go classic Christmas, I'm going to go... Uh, I am going to go... God, that one's way harder. Hmm. I mean, I really am partial to the Santa Claus... Uh, with Tim Allen and then probably Jingle All the Way and then probably the classic uh, Griswold's Family Christmas. Probably those three, I think, in a row. Uh, what about yours? Is it going to be Jingle? I mean, that's definitely for sure, like, that's like God. Like, that's like God tier, but I think probably Home Alone. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Home Alone. You know, Home Alone... Home Alone might... The first two. Like, just watching the first two back-to-back. -back. Yeah. I don't know. I rewatched Home Alone 1 and 2 recently, and though I still love them so much, there was something... Not a miss, but something I didn't... Like, my kids were completely obsessed, but when I watched The Santa Claus again with Tim Allen, for some reason I got the same warm feeling... But Home Alone too. I mean, they're all great. All the movies we just named are really close to my heart. Um, I was never a big fan of uh, of like A Christmas Carol and things like that. They were boring to me as a kid. Yeah. So I don't know. There we go. But I think that's perfect. I think that's good. Um, so we're gonna go. We got Christmas movies there at the end. Minneapolis. Uh, yeah. What? So. I'm, after this, I'm going to play a uh, an excerpt, the, the excerpt that you sent me, the 12-minute 12, 12 long thing. 
Is there anything you want to say about that before it plays? It's going to play next after uh, I put these two things together. Um, I guess just that it's from my next book, which is called After Denver. After Denver, eleven eleven. Yeah, October, baby. October, October. Get ready for this book. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's. I had fun talking to you today. It's good that we finally got to talk. Likewise. Please come. Uh, please come. Tell tell Sam that uh, Chris said from the talking book that you guys please come around these parts in October when you guys do the thing. We should no. I think that's definitely. That'll be in the cards. Okay, yeah, make it in the cards, and we'll record. We'll do uh, recordings from uh, from the new books at the Talking Book Studio, and hang out and do a reading or whatever. Yeah, we should do a Jin Wu play. Yeah, something. Pick. A, yeah, we need to pick more scenes. I feel like that idea. I feel like so many readings are boring because people don't do scenes from movies like Jingle All the Way. You got to mix it up. That's great. Yeah, or just you know, it's like. 15 people reading and they all want to read for a half an hour. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's like karaoke. karaoke. Everybody just wants to sing their own song, (laughs) but you got to mix it up, you know? The thing about karaoke thing is though, a song's not going to be over five minutes. Right, true. Yeah, yeah. Songs have like lengths, like, have you ever been in a reading? Sorry, this is I, I I can feel I feel like you're trying to wrap this up. <laughs> no, this is good. This but, is a good segue. But have you ever been in a reading where it's like a shit ton of people? And then like not just one, but like a few people they read for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, dude, like we're gonna be here for fucking ever. Yeah, people need to have more... Uh, it's inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate. It's tactless. People have some tact. If you're going to read, there's a lot of people reading. You don't know some of these people. Cap it at like, come on, do it. Give me a five. Give me a seven at most. Five. I, yes, I, I don't five. even want ten. I think ten's too long. Because what do you got? You got to be there for three hours? Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know, when you say five, you're like really saying ten. True. Yeah, yeah, right. Because the intros, the talking, getting ready, the yeah, the joke, the haha joke in the beginning. Right. And then everybody has to like talk before it and they're like, This is from my this is kind <laughs> of like a meditation on loss. <laughs> or something. Oh. That's good. Well, trying to save readings. Let's uh I know if there's anybody that can do it now, having talked to you and knowing Sam, I feel like the two of you can do it. You can save readings. Yeah, dude. Readings, like, they can be good. Like, readings aren't bad. Like, readings are whatever you make them. Right. Yeah, and if people they have... Should be, they should be, like, a joyful, fun, inner, you know, kind of interactive thing. Like, like, um... Got to be careful about those podiums. Podiums. So we're gonna go. It's a. Is it, we're. It's an anti-podium platform. Is that what you're saying? No podiums. Get rid of the podiums. I mean, the podium's fine. Just like use the podium, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't let the podium make you think that you are like a like more important or something. I don't know. Right. It's like the podium, 
if we're gonna, you know, we can start tearing this apart. The podium is clearly like this wall of like this social class wall. It's like here's the audience, here's me. I'm a cool writer. You listen and on the podium is proof because I'm behind the goddamn. Yeah, podium. when it's like, like all the people in the audience are all like the people who are gonna read, and they're all gonna be behind the podium. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I I could see uh, I could see podiums going either way. I, I'm never going to think about a podium the same way. I mean, you know, who knows? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna push gay death trance and uh, and your books and this reading. And I hope you guys have fun in Minneapolis. And maybe uh, maybe we could do uh, maybe we should do let's do let's do another excerpt from the new book as it gets closer and stuff. I want to start. I want to support. I want yeah, to support you like you supported me back in the day. Not that it's nepotism, just because I mean the work. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. You can scratch my back. Exactly. Let's scratch each other's backs here, because isn't that what it's all about with the slush pile and everything like that? Well, I was just—I mean, my back just itches because I have psoriasis. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I have uh, I have eczema on my hands, so we got that. Good, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm. I, I feel you, brother. It's. Uh, <laughs> We can discuss that. Comp- compare creams. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think comparing creams is the perfect final note. Yeah, Sarah V. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk soon. And uh, you seem like a great person, and hopefully we'll hang out uh, down the road. Okay. All right, buddy. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye. I'm here with my friend Nate, and I'm going to read a poem. It's called Customer. His name was Bob. He lived in an apartment diagonally across the street from the bar. He started coming in when I worked, seemed harmless enough, mentioned he had a husband of 40 years. He was a semi-retired consultant in his late 60s. He made a lot of money and traveled for work. He would usually come in within an hour after I opened the bar when there were very few or no other customers. He would pay for two scotch and sodas at once, $7, and tip $3. Sometimes he would tip $5. Bob became interested in my life. He asked me what I did. I told him I was a writer. He wanted to buy my book. I gave him the link to my book and he ordered it while sitting at the bar. He friend requested me on Facebook and messaged me. Please accept my friend request. I accepted his friend request. He started messaging me on Facebook. He liked about a dozen of my posts in a row. The posts promoted my shifts at the bar so customers could know when I was working. I went to New Orleans to read at a hotel. Bob got my book in the mail and messaged me on Facebook. He was out of town. He brought my book with him. I'm amazed by your poetry. 
I hope that picture in the back of the book is you. I told him the naked picture in the back of the book was me, that my ex-boyfriend took it when I was pissing and I didn't know he took it, then sent it to me a few days later. You are so sexily handsome to me. I told him I was glad he enjoyed my work. I'm headed back to Denver. I'm on the plane telling the flight attendants about your book. How did the reading go? Did you read $150? I told him the reading went well, that I did read that poem. The poem was about masturbating into a jock strap and selling it to a guy while working at a bar. I got back to Denver and resumed work at the bar. On one of my first days back, Bob came in. He brought his copy of my book and wanted me to sign it, so I did. He grinned. Are any of your poems autobiographical? You could hear the inside of his lips peel off his teeth before he talked. I told him I sometimes wrote from experience. On a day off, I went with my roommate to the bar to pick up payroll. My roommate wanted to practice doing tarot readings on customers. Bob was there. She gave him a reading. When she and I left, Bob gave me a hug. I love you. I told him I loved him too. I attempted to terminate the hug. He wrenched my face toward his and kissed me on the lips. This is something Bob had started doing, telling me he loved me and kissing me on the lips when he said goodbye. Back at home, my roommate told me Bob's tarot reading was really dark. He told her he was unfaithful to his husband for 40 years and he recently got busted and had to change his ways. He asked her if she read my book. She told him she did. He asked her if she liked it. She told him she did. No, what poem specifically? Did you like $150? I like to think his work is autobiographical. She told me he requested to follow her private account on Instagram and she blocked him. I told her he came in with his husband on a Sunday, the only time that had happened, and his husband made a joke about him being an alcoholic. I told her Bob once made a joke to me about poisoning his husband. A few days later, I was working and my friend Cody was there drinking. So was Bob. Cody and I were talking about Twitter showing each other stuff we found funny. When Bob motioned to leave, I didn't come around the bar to give him a hug. I told him to take care. He looked sad. Later that day, after work, I noticed Bob followed me on Twitter. I looked at his profile. He hadn't been active on Twitter for years. Until now. He started liking my tweets, replying to my tweets, messaging me on Twitter, quoting my tweets to me. He messaged me his phone number. Share your number, please. I shared my number. I tweeted, 
getting balls deep in the tarot. He replied, show us. I replied, nope. He messaged me, okay, was just teasing anyway. At some point during this, my friend Jim told me Bob messaged him on Facebook. Are you friends with B? He told him we were indeed friends. I think he's just marvelous. A few days later, I got a text from a number I didn't recognize. It was a picture of my coworker Chad, my work husband, in a funny hat. I texted, I love you, thinking it was Chad. The unknown number texted, I love you too. The unknown number texted a picture of Bob on a sofa, cuddling with a cat. I realized I wasn't texting with Chad. I texted, oh, sorry, I thought you were someone else. Bob texted, oh, haha. A few days later, I was working at the bar. You'll never guess who came in. It was Bob, my favorite customer. I was getting so lonely. He told me he had just bought four more copies of my book. He told me they were for his friends. They were going to Puerto Vallarta for his birthday. They were all going to read my book, a little book club. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you for your patronage to the arts. I really appreciate it. About a week after that, I was working at the bar. Bob came in. Bob Frank. Robert Frank. My not-so-secret admirer, who lived diagonally across the street from the bar in an apartment with his husband and cat. He told me the books had shipped. So you should be getting those royalties soon. I thanked him for his patronage to the arts. He told me he was going to write a couple paragraphs about each of his four friends, telling me about their lives. Then, based on what he wrote about them, I was to write a personal note for each of them in the books. You don't have to sign them as yourself. You can use your pen name. I started laughing. I was nervous. I'll admit it. It seemed like Bob wasn't the greatest with boundaries. I told him no. He protested. Why not? I shook my head. But I want my friends to know I know the author. I told him he could tell them that. I told him that was something he was doing for himself. No way, Bob. There's no way I'm going to do that. I turned and wiped down a reach-in cooler, something I had already done twice since Bob came in. He gestured with his hand, shooing the air, and stormed out. His first of two scotch and sodas he had already paid and tipped for left on the bar, 80% full. Bob. I messaged Bob on Facebook. There seems to have been a misunderstanding. I cataloged to him what he had done. I told him it made me feel uncomfortable. I told him what he needed to do 
if he wanted to continue coming into the bar when I was working. I will never come in again. You are so full of yourself, it's preposterous. Barack Obama wrote me a personalized message in his book, as did Tony Bennett. Joan Rivers, rest her soul, did so as well. Who do you think you are to talk to me the way you did today? I blocked him on Facebook and Twitter. I blocked his phone number. Later that week, I was working on a Saturday. I didn't usually work Saturdays. Bob opened the door of the bar, saw I was working, and left. That's right, motherfucker. Yeah, you creepy, pushy bitch. Turn around, Bob. You can drink at home with your cat now. I'm not working for you for free so you can get cool points with your vacation friends. I bet they're dreading spending time with you in PV. I'm not a politician. I'm not a lounge singer. I'm not a stand-up comedian. Rest her soul. I'm not working for your vote. I'm not working for your applause. I'm not working for your laughter. I'm a writer. I don't make a lot of money, but my life is full. My life is beautiful. I work for nearly nothing. So rich, smarmy, scotch-swilling faggots like you can pretend to have emotional lives. Here's a new poem. I wrote it today. I wrote it just for you. It goes, no, 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 no. I'm glad you enjoyed my book, though. Thank you for your patronage to the arts. Hope you have fun in Mexico. Tell your friends. Okay, that was it. Big Bruiser Dope Boy and me having a chat, a chat, having a little chitty chat on the phone. Um, what a guy. Like that reading. Do you like that reading? Bet you did. Uh, make sure to get his books, Your First Real Boyfriend and Other Poems, Foghorn Leghorn from Clash Books, um, and look out for After Denver, which is forthcoming uh, in the fall of this year by 1111 Press. My name's Chris Hartram. This is The Talking Book. We're a nonprofit audiobook studio. We record books for people if they want them. We publish audiobooks sometimes. Uh, yeah, doing what we can, you know, doing what we can. Um, we got uh, Sam Pink's new book, The Ice Cream Man and Other Stories coming out, Essays and Fictions by Brad Phillips, the audiobook of that's finally coming out, um, The First Diary by Anais Nins coming out, um, what else, anything else? We got a couple other things in production still, but uh, yeah, if you want to be uh, on this podcast, do a reading, uh, be on the website, if you think maybe you want us to make your audiobook, hit us up at thetalkingbook.org, my name is Chris Hartram. I love you all no matter what happens. Even if we all die of coronavirus, I still love you. Have a great day. Bye. Like a bishop who has forsaken
sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I The storm was passing over, and the window 